0: One hand speaks. I have a bitchin' camera. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Alejandro Anastasio here. One hand speaks storytelling podcast, episode one hundred and twenty-three. I guess I'm just going to be talking about my 1987 IROC Z28 Bitchin' Camaro. Yes, I have... I got a muscle car. I got a modern classic. They refer to it as a modern classic. Yeah, not a 68, not a 72, not even a 78. I got an 87. Camaro with T-tops. Now, it does have the big engine, the 350, so it's an automatic... And you know what? That ride is sweet. (laughs) Man, taking those T-tops off, blazing at, you know, whatever, 100 and whatever, 80 and whatever, 80 miles an hour. You tell me, I don't know. That car moves fast. Once I was telling my friend about the amount of gas money that I spend on that car. And he said, well, you know, Alejandro, you got to pay for the coolness. And, um... yeah, it's been a long, long road. Now that car is 32 years old. And I inherited that after my dad passed away, way back in uh, 2002. Well, probably sometime in 2001, my dad, uh, well, what can I say? You know, we found a lump, and then eight months later, he passed away. Cancer. Lung cancer. Uh I'm not going to talk too much about it. Uh, I will say it was just heinously difficult to watch my father die that way. But I was with him all the way until the end, and I actually saw him take his last breath. And uh, I was there when he woke up last. We had some words. It was very special. I'll put a link to that podcast, The Last Thing My Dad Told Me Before He Died. And, uh, well, eventually I got his car, you know, my mom ended up giving it to me. She couldn't really take care of it. And I mean, and it is a muscle car. I mean, in the, in the late eighties, that was like one of the hot rides that brought, uh, Chevy back Chevrolet back on one level. And, um, yeah, you know what? It's a sweet, sweet, sweet ride i love it and at first i didn't i remember when my dad acquired the car i think i was at college at indiana university i came home one holiday or something and he had this camaro (laughs) you know and come to find out it was my father's uh dream car in his older life and you know you pay your dues you raise your family you pay your taxes why not so he owned this 87 Camaro that he got from another woman who took pretty good care of it. So uh, the car at that time was well taken care of and was in pretty decent condition. Now, my older brother took it for a ride and I spun out because that car's got a lot of power and uh, broke broke the rear axle, Right. And you know, it's funny because I, driving that car around, I get approached by a lot of people who tell me, oh, I used to have that car. That car's got a lot of power. I wrapped it around a telephone pole. I hit another car. You know, I spun out of control in a corner and I can see why because the car does have an incredible amount of power. Yeah, it's low to the ground and fast and it's a thing. It's a thing. And then, uh, You know, then I moved out to Boise, and my dad had the car all this time, and then he decided, he decided, and my mother decided it was time to move to Boise, Idaho. And uh, so one day my, you know, my dad calls me up, he's like, hey, we're, you know, we drove around the West, you know, we went to Newport, we went to Boise, we checked out Reno, and uh, we kind of like Boise, and we're, I think we're just going to move out there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? And then my parents ended up living with my roommate and I uh, at the house we were renting on Manitou. They probably lived with us for about six months. But I just remember I have this vivid memory of my dad calling me later in the evening, like, hey, I'm getting ready to pull into Boise. I got your address. I should be there in, I don't know, in about an hour, right? And I just remember looking out the window and my dad is pulling up in a giant U-Haul, And he's got that bitchin' Camaro on the back of a trailer, on a trailer, pulling it, you know? And uh, they moved to Boise, Idaho, yeah. They eventually bought a house out in Nampa. And then, you know, that's when my dad just, you know, cancer got him. And he never came back. And, uh, yeah, things were rough for my mom at that time. There was a lot of change. You know, I, I had my martial arts school at the time. I think I maybe had it for about a year I think I got, yeah, I, I, did, I had my martial arts school for a year because he passed away in April of 2002. I acquired my school in March of 2001. And, uh, you know, it was just a very difficult time. I was running a business. My mom was having a lot of trouble. Finances were very rough. And, uh, you know, we just couldn't let go of a lot of stuff. Now, the car is... Yeah, you got to know. I I live in a I live in my martial arts school in the north end of Boise. I don't have a garage, you know. And uh, what you know, my mom had her house for a while, but ended up couldn't keep it, so we couldn't keep it in the garage, and uh, she couldn't really do anything with it. So I held it for about a year, and then you know, finally, she just gave me the title. And, uh, so that's basically how I inherited the car. I acquired the car. And then now I got, you know, I have a martial arts school and I, I have a car. I have a car. It was willed to me. Now, at the same time, I have my old co-workers, 1987, no, 1986, Isuzu Trooper. That was also willed to me, uh, When he passed away of leukemia, you know, one day Merlin had trouble going up the stairs. We took him to the hospital. This was at work, same place I still work at. We took him to the hospital, and he never came out. Four days later, he just died. And he willed me his car. So now I have two cars that were given to me. in passing. And then the other two cars I owned in my life, my uncle gave to me when I moved to Seattle in 1990, gave me a Datsun B210. And then uh, my older brother gave me his beater car, which was a Dodge Dart. We called it Booger because it was a snotty green and it was just a beater. The lights didn't work. I couldn't drive it at night, right? So at that time in 2004, every car I'd ever owned was given to me, and if you've been listening to my past string of podcasts, uh, I didn't own a car until I was thirty-three. Basically, I mean, I didn't really count—you uh, know—I didn't really count the Dodge Dart because I only had it for about six months. I was in high school, uh, but you know what? It did treat me good at that time. And uh, but then I got my car from my uncle. I had that for a while when I was rocking Seattle. And then uh yeah and then I didn't have a car for about a decade and then then I acquired the uh Chevy and that was a real like lifestyle thing that's that's when I actually owned a vehicle that and I my life changed my life changed someone told me once that cars are like time machines not that you can travel through time but they're they're like time compressors because if you spend your life on a bicycle you know time and transport are a thing, but you get a car, you can condense more transport in a shorter amount of time. Therefore, ergo, the time machine. I thought it was a great analogy, a great, or is it a simile, or maybe it's a metaphor? I get those three kind of, kind of mixed up. But anyways, anyways, you know. Now I got these two cars. They were both given to me, and they're, you know, they're not in great shape. But now, now, mind you, okay. I I have this Camaro it's not doing that well, you know, it's taken a few hits over the years, you know, the decade and a half that my dad had it, and, um, you know, my mom did a little work on it before she gave it to me, but basically it sat outside for a number of years, you know, and one of the motors on the passenger side uh, engine didn't work, and then, you know, a cousin a long time ago broke something, and, you know, the longer cars sit, just the harder it is, they are to maintain, and and uh, it was starting to take some hits. And uh, uh, let me see. I think at that point, you know what? I couldn't keep it at I couldn't keep it at my martial arts school much longer. For some reason, I, I can't remember why, but I ended up getting a storage unit for it. Now, now, mind you, I'm I, I'm just I live my life as an artist. I run a martial arts school. I work part time. And I'm dropping some big coin to put this car in a big storage unit so it's got covered parking just to preserve it, because I can't really get rid of it because sentimentally I'm attached to it, my dad gave it to me, and, and you know, at that time, it was start, starting to get old, but it wasn't like classically old yet, and uh, but I just and I didn't have the money to put into it. And I already got one car, you know, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm a bicycle commuter by life, struggling, now I own a car, I feel like I'm deceiving myself, but now I got two cars, and it's hard for me to pay for both of them, and I got one in storage now, so I paid for storage for two years on that Camaro, and... uh then eventually I couldn't pay for storage, so I just put it in the backyard of my martial arts school, and it was starting to take more and more hits. It ended up being like a storage unit outside, and it was just, you know, I could never uh pay to get it fixed. It was taking some hits in the winter. I had to buy a, like, a a Four Seasons cover for the car to kind of protect it, you know, Um It wouldn't start. It just, you know, I just had a number of issues with it. And then this was kind of like, this was the breaking point. One of my my nieces and nephews came out. I'm not going to say what gender, but came out. And they said they could fix the car, right? So it's my brother's children. One of them came out, came out to Boise, said they could fix my car. Oh, I'm, I'm taking mechanic. I'm in mechanic school, I can fix it, this kind of thing. And uh, got in there, didn't have the right tools, got the window off off the uh, guides and kind of left it there. (laughs) So now I got a Camaro that really doesn't work with a window that doesn't roll up or down. And it's not a roll-up window, it's an automatic window, it's a mechanical, uh, you know, it's got, it's a motorized window. So now I'm kind of like hosed and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm close. I'm close. I think somebody offered me a couple thou for it. You know, maybe if I cleaned it up. The engine was in really good shape when I could get it started, you know. And actually, okay, let me tell you this side story. Uh, I used to have this little girl that lived uh, across the behind me, one street in the north end, right? And uh, she really wanted to do Aikido. Her name's Ashlyn, and she pretty much grew up in my martial arts school, seven, eight years there. And uh, her her family really didn't have a lot of money. I just let them pay whenever they could, and it really wasn't that often, okay? It really wasn't that often. But uh, her father came out and fixed my car once, and he did a lot of work. I had can't remember what the issue was, but he said he would do this to kind of pay off not being able to pay for the martial art classes. And you know what? I mean, that gesture was so so profound that made a big difference in my life and and uh i think she drives like a old school impala that she got from her dad and and she loved my (laughs) she loved that camaro and you know what i had a great kids program in my martial arts school and uh all the kids called that car the batmobile because they're like oh sensei you're a superhero we we know you're a superhero because you got a Batmobile." So that's one of the names for the car. In our our family, we name our cars, right? We have an intimate connection with our vehicles. So, you know, my 1987, uh, 86 Trooper, Isuzu Trooper was named Susie. She was a big girl. I loved her. Now I got the Batmobile or the Bitchin' Camaro. And mostly we just call that car the Dark Horse Buddha, right? That's a name I got from an old friend of mine named Todd. And, uh... Yeah, but Ashlyn's dad did a lot of work in the winter in a garage with no air conditioning and uh, got my car. I think he worked on the fuel injector, which was in a really bad spot, like he had to pull part of the engine. And I mean, he just did a lot of work, you know, and and, uh, he said that was for taking care of his daughter. And in the end, I, you know, that got fixed, but I still had the window problem. The turn signal didn't work You know, I had some alternator issues, I had battery issues, I had two different tires on the back, you know. Headliner was torn. I had a big rip in the original seat. So, you know, I I was I was kinda at my wit's end. And I remember I had this monk I was doing a lot of—he was teaching a lot, doing Tara practice in the mornings at my martial arts school. And we would open it up, and people would come in, and we just do early morning Buddhist practice. It was a little challenging for me because I'm not a morning person. Uh, But Lama Kunzong, you know, he he wanted to do it. I was supporting him. I, I used to have to get up in the morning and go get him and bring him to my martial arts school and then take him back. Like it was a lot of work. And then one day, you know, one day I had a day off and I was just looking at the back of my vehicle. You know, I was just looking at this Camaro and uh, he's like, Alejandro, what are you going to do with this car? And I said, you know, honestly, Kunzong, I don't know. I think I could sell it. I think I could sell it and get about $3,000 for it. And he said, what what would you do with the money? My reply was, I would probably pay off some bills. And now, mind you, this is from a lama, a Buddhist lama. He said, you know, Alejandro, I would keep this car because you're going to sell it and you're going to get like $3,000 and you're going to pay bills and you will never have this car again. And this is your father's car. You know, you, 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 of course, you can buy the same car, but you can't buy your father's car. And I would keep it. And you know what? That kind of struck a chord with me. <laughs> like, uh, that that struck a chord. It, not not that it's coming from a Buddhist, which initially is a little strange, but just more kind of like the way that he put it, so matter-of-factly. And, and uh, yeah, three thou, it's not that much on one level. So, you know, my mom likes having the car around. It's worth keeping it. So I, I kind of decided to just... Keep on keeping it. Now, at the same time, I got this 86 Trooper that I love that's just dying. I mean, it's just dying. I, I would take it to this mechanic, and my mechanic, once he told me, he said, You know, Alejandro, that car's starting to get dangerous, and it's even hard to get parts for that thing. So I, I really don't want to work on it anymore, and I'll sell you a car. I'll sell you a car at a good price, but he's like, I, I don't want to work on this vehicle anymore, and uh, I showed up two more times, <laughs> and he, he he really didn't want to work on that car anymore, and uh, finally, it was kind of at the end, uh, Susie, yeah, it, you know, I, it wouldn't hot start, I was just having a lot of trouble with, with that car now, okay, and then, at this time, my martial arts school had crashed, it's like 2009, 2010, the economy crashed, I lost both my houses, ended up many six digits in debt. I mean, of course, millions of other people were there too. So no big deal. But now here I am moving into an apartment, micro apartment with my mom, who was a little unstable at the time. And uh, I got two cars that don't really work. (laughs) Yeah, it was just, it was just starting to get to be too much. So Honestly, I was in this position. I was in this position. Because, you know, I, the, the window, all that kind of stuff on the Camaro, I had to decide where I was going to put my money. Because I got two old cars, and I can't afford to fix both. So I kind of made the commitment to just fixing the Camaro. And I will drive Susie until, until she dies basically i'm going to drive her into the ground and that's what i told myself when merlin willed me his car that i would just drive it until its very last breath basically so the first thing i did is i found a mechanic to fix the window and it really wasn't that hard to fix the window it just cost a little bit of money you know and the door panel was off and the door pool was off and it just you know they were in bad shape they had a lot of water damage you know and how the seals on the windows weren't that good. But here's the thing. The Camaro's engine was in great shape, okay? And then, you know, most of the mechanics of the car were good. Uh, The body's not in great shape, but I like to say it's original paint. That's original paint, so I'm not doing anything with that. But mostly it was kind of an interior thing and some electrical stuff. And and, uh, once I got the window fixed... The next thing I did was get the alternator fixed. And then the car actually ran consistently. You know, but the air conditioning didn't work. And it's a black car in the shape of It's like a magnifying glass. I got T-tops. It gets smoking hot in there. Uh, So I had to do some work, man. So I just started spending a lot of time at the scrap heaps and the junkyards and the auto junkyards. Finding pieces and parts of 87 Camaros. Right. That was my thing. Like, yeah, I can get some like uh, I can't remember the EDC. They're like new old stock. Not it's not new old stock, but it's oh, it's a factory something equipment. And it's not not all of it's made in the same year, but it it, it fits the model. But my thing, this is my thing. There's no way I can do stock original because a lot of those parts are gone. But I just want all original stuff from 87 Camaros. So I would have to drive around all across Idaho and even a bit into Utah and find uh, scrap heaps that had old Camaros and I would just salvage old interior parts. Like it was really, (laughs) it was a thing. And then I actually spent some time on Craigslist. This is great. There was a guy who had an 87 Camaro who bought it. It was an IROG Z28. He bought it and the, the the title was fake so he couldn't really sell the vehicle and he was just parting everything out and i got so many spare parts from that i mean i got the whole uh dash right not the but i did get a dash from him but uh the instrument panel the gauge panel i got that for 10 bucks oh i got so much stuff for the car i even got some spare parts and then he gave me Uh, a a number to a guy who does historic upholstery. um, And he's known to do headliners. So he actually fixed, uh, uh, repurposed my original headliner, which was, oh, such a mess at the top of the car in between the T-tops. It was so ratty. He totally brought it back up to par. And then, you know, I got the original center panel up there and the, the light still works. I found I found some really special parts for all that. Very, very cool. Then I found a mechanic here in town who loves working on somewhat older vehicles. And, and, uh, then I just started piecemealing it back together. You know, I got the air conditioner fixed. That was a milestone. Finally had everything upgraded on the inside, got the new gauge panel in there. Uh, found the 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 correct uh turn signal which was surprisingly difficult to find but found one on ebay correct year correct model put that in uh oh one of the last things i kind of had to do was the uh, door panels right there's a guy in town who does a lot of like vintage historic work on door panels. That's one of his main things. And I dropped some big coin to have him make original style door panels for an 87 Camaro. And uh, yeah, I got those in there. I got those hung. I got the new dash in there. I got the air conditioner worked. All the lights work. I got the uh, sidekick panels for underneath. I got the, I replaced the cover for Uh, the fuse box and even uh, the glove compartment hatch, which is usually totally torqued out on those old Camaros. I have the original one, but I got that fixed. It took years and money that's hard for me to spend because, well, basically I don't have a lot of scratch, you know. And uh, yeah, it took years. At this time, I'm still driving my Trooper in the winter because the the, Camaro is great, but it does not drive well in the winter and fortunately the apartment complex I live in I kind of have covered parking like it's really good and I can drive the Camaro in there and for a long time uh, my car didn't work but the Camaro was parked in the winter my mom and I would w- share her car until that car died I live close enough to work I- I've walked in the winter I haven't been biking that much but if you've been listening to my podcast I'm getting back on my bike yeah 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 and uh, then I'd take the bus to work, you know, and the whole time, like sometimes my Isuzu trooper would start. You know, the last real long haul ride I took on my Isuzu trooper was to the Zochin Retreat Center where my Buddhist teacher lives outside of Eugene, Oregon. I took my stupa. I had a, a, a stupa, which is a Buddhist thing. And uh, I had one at my martial arts school. It was outside, and I took it to the retreat center. And uh, this is basically one of the last things that I really did with my Suzu trooper. I can't believe it carried—Susie carried everything all the way out there, and I got that stupa up. It's called the Dragon Stupa. It's still there. still there at the DRC. And uh, just a few years ago, I went and upgraded all the prayer flags and cleaned it up and did a lot of work on it. And and uh, yeah, I, I, I love Susie for that. And then, you know, then she helped me kind of get out of my martial arts school and then she wasn't really doing that well. And I just parked her because she wouldn't hot start, you know, like I, I couldn't tell when she would start. So finally I, I parked her and I told myself, the next time you start, I'm just going to take you to the... Uh, to the recycling center they'll give you like three five hundred bucks for a car based on the kind of metal that's in there and and uh (laughs) you know (laughs) I just remember I was like oh I should try to start Susie you know and I was talking to my mom I'm like yeah I might I might start her up we'll see what happens and she started up you know and I already had her cleaned out I had the title in the car and I was like okay this is it I came running upstairs I'm like mama she started Susie started and then my mom got real sad she's like oh this is it and I'm like yeah this is it because she knew Merlin gave me that car, and she knows everything that went through that car. And and uh, I was like, we got to take her to the junkyard in the sky. We got we to gotta take her to Pacific Recycle. And, and uh, that's it, you know, because you have to drive the car in. And uh, I took the front plate off that says Isuzu, you know, because that's my Susie. <laughs> I used to sleep in that vehicle. I could sit up in the back. I mean, it was really, it was a great ride. 86 Isuzu Troopers, great vehicles. For someone that likes to travel, you know, I did four days at the Oregon Country Fair. I did a week at the Zochen Retreat Center, sleeping in the back of that thing. You know, I could drive anywhere because I could sleep back there. I had a small office. But yeah, that was it. And then I got put my mom in the car and we, you know, she followed me to Pacific Recycle. And then, you know, I mean, it was like a very emotional moment for both of us. And, uh, you know, I got... 350 bucks or something like that 400 bucks the guy was like how about 300 and i said because i asked for four he said three he's like how does three sound i said 350 sound better so he gave me 350 bucks for the car i took my mom out to eat i think i bought myself something nice and then the rest of the money went to buy something for the camaro and uh You know, I remember I actually have a lot of recordings. I did a lot of audio recordings because I was going to do like an audio book called Zen and the Art of Muscle Car Maintenance because I know (laughs) I know so little about vehicles. I mean, I spent my whole life on a bicycle, you know, basically, if a car doesn't work, I have to let my hair down and do a hair flip from side to side and play damsel in distress, you know. Because it's just very challenging for me. Now, fixing the Camaro, fortunately, the engine worked pretty well. And uh, my martial arts student's father fixed the other stuff. And I paid for for all the mechanical stuff. But I did a lot of the interior work. And I mean, yeah, that's not that big of a deal. But it kind of is for me. And I actually have some leather seats. They're not original to the car. But damn, they look good in there. Yeah, they're from like a 1992 uh, Camaro. And the seats, they, they totally work in my 87 Camaro. I do have the original seats. I have most of the original parts uh, because that's my style. You know what I, I, I can't do, like I was trying to say, I can't do stock original, but I can do all original. Except for the seats, almost everything in that car is original from an 87 Camaro that I took out of. And I worked really hard at fixing all that and getting that lined up. And and one of the last things I did, it was starting to go year by year, you know, because it was real hard after my martial arts school closed and the economy crashed and I owed a bunch of money and had a part-time job and I was trying to take care of my mom and we're living in a small apartment. I can't be dropping huge money on a car, but yeah, one year I got those door panels fixed and then the next year I got all the weather stripping. I dropped some money on weather stripping and had the car kind of straightened out. I had a body shop do the work. They, they, they're they, like, we can't guarantee it won't leak because I, I can't really drive the car in the rain, you know, and it doesn't do that well in the rain anyway, but it'd be nice to be able to drive a little bit in the rain, but you know, the T-tops leak. And, uh, but they they're, they're, they're fairly sealed right now and in that time frame it was like 2012 2013 uh, I did a lot of audio recordings because I wanted to do that audio book so I think maybe I'll I'll try to put those together in some kind of strange podcast series um, I have all these podcast series I want to work on but mostly it's vlogging I keep talking about vlogging but you know my mom just had knee replacement surgery I got a full-time job I teach Buddhism I teach Aikido so it's a little difficult right now. I'm chasing a lot of things down. I just moved. I just came back from a Tibetan Buddhist pilgrimage, you know. I dropped like 4000 on that pilgrimage, which is no problem. You know, that's money well spent on something beyond anything worldly. You know, but that w- would help, like, upgrade the car and—or, uh, you know, other worldly things. But for me, it's a fair trade. It's not even a trade that's—the m- most important thing is my, you know— my happiness so I don't mind paying into the foundation of that but I'm working on the vlogging stuff and that would make a great great vlog series and uh so yeah you know I'm kind of bringing this up maybe because I'm feeling nostalgic I've been riding that uh 1968 Schwinn Mini Twin Tandem and uh Part of it is is I had to pass emissions right i got I got a letter that's like oh you got to pass emissions and last year the car started smoking a lot my original my, my current mechanic was saying oh you 're going to have to get an engine rebuild, which is like five thousand you know and i 'm not ready to rebuild the engine yet I, I don't drive the car that much, so I basically parked it for a year and then the battery died. It was unrechargeable, you know, so then I'm like, oh, I'm running out of time and I got like days left before I can uh, take this emissions test. Now, I'm pretty sure I wasn't going to pass emissions, right? I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew before the end of August, which was only three days ago, I had to get it in and take some kind of test. So I had to go buy a new battery. And then, of course, you know, I got to get some oil in there and some coolant, you know, the car is totally dusty it 's been sitting for so long this past year. people been writing on it, you know, like oh, wash me and then so somewhere it says i 'm super cool or awesome you know and uh, but yeah, I had to go you know, I got a new battery and I got in the car and and uh, it just burns a lot of oil right now it stinks it's smoking i I'm, I'm like smoking people out waiting at red lights it's a little embarrassing, but uh, I took it to get emissions and I passed emissions i couldn't Believe it, I couldn't believe it. So this Thursday, I'm going in for a, a, a oil change, kind of bring all that up to par, get my coolants up to par, get all that taken care of, and and uh and then we'll see what happens. You know, I I want to spend more time driving that Camaro, especially this year. It'd be great. I want this new mechanic. I need a second opinion, right? Because I don't know. I don't know. You know, at my older mechanic. I got a whole tune-up done. I was like, well, look, can we, can we do something to kind of fix this engine thing, change out the rings or whatever? And uh, I don't even know if they did that. You know, it's a damsel in distress thing. I know so little about vehicles, and I don't really know if I need an engine rebuild. So I think it's time for a second opinion. And uh, so I'm taking it to this new guy who's been highly recommended. Just start with the oil change and get all the fluids up to par and then see what he says about the burning oil. And, you know, maybe I can drop a couple, three, 600 bucks and, uh, you know, be good to go for a few years. You know, I mostly drive it in late spring, in the summer, and in, in early fall. In the winter, I don't drive the thing at all. I just, you know, one, it's expensive to drive. You know, you got to pay for that coolness. And, and uh, two, I just, I can't drive it year round. So so there you go, you know. And here's the thing. The longer I keep it, the cooler that car gets. (laughs) And, you know, not that long ago, probably like four years ago, I was out driving it. And, you know, like there was a long time frame where I didn't really think about the car that much. It must have been like 2008 to 2013. But, you know, five years. But it took it over to the classic mark. So now I'm past 30 years. But I just remember driving it in these these two like younger kids were like, oh wow, look at that cool old Camaro. And I was like, you know what? That is a cool old Camaro. <laughs> and uh, the last few years have flown by as, as time tends to. But I just started to notice that the uh, the longer I keep that car, the cooler it is. And now basically it's all perfectly back together. It's really in really great shape i'm not getting a paint job that's original paint uh yeah because you know the body shop that did the work they're like hey man i'll tell you what we can give you a really good deal on a paint job and we'll, we'll get all the bondo out of it you know we'll we'll straighten everything out we'll do all the high-end work like because to get a good paint job body's got to be in excellent form he's like we can give you a really good deal at seven thousand Right? I had to work real hard at not showing myself uh, energetically gulp, like, Grr! like wow, 7,000, 7 Gs, a ger, 7 Gers, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, you know what, I'll think about that. It's probably not going to happen right away, but, you know, I'll let you know. And then I was talking to a friend of mine at work about it because he's into cars, too. He knows I have an 87 Camaro, and he's like, you know, actually, Alejandro, that's a pretty good deal, $7,000 for a professional paint job. And I said, yeah, I know. I know. And he, but if even if I had the money, I wouldn't do it because once I get a paint job, then I got to really care, you know, about where I park and it gets nicked and dented and all that. And it's just not worth it. It's not my style. It's all original. That's original paint. I got the original rims, you know? Like, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. So this is the last thing I got to do. And I think I've been putting it off too long. I have the... uh Rim caps. They're these little round rim caps. They're like a little bit larger than a silver dollar, and it says I Rock on it. And uh, they just go right in the center of the rims. And I I, I have a a repop uh, because the original ones are almost impossible to find. So these are uh, reproductions. They're really great. I need to pop out those old ones, pop in those new ones, give that car a nice cleaning, and spend the rest of the summer cuz summer's not over until September 22nd and most of the early fall just rockin that 1987 Bitchin Camaro IROC Z28 or more lovingly referred to as the Batmobile the Bitchin Camaro or the Dark Horse Buddha Okay my friends here I am again with another long, long podcast, just rambling on about my my cool car. <laughs> you know what? That thing is cool. Did I tell you it's got T tops, which is like almost convertible, you know? That car I love driving that car in the summer. Oh, yeah, with the long hair flowing. Wow, that is such a love, lovely ride. I'm going to an Aikido seminar this weekend. I'm taking my car in on Thursday. And so hopefully all next week and maybe for the next 30 days. I just want to drive that Camaro, Camaro around and have a lot of fun. And actually, it's probably good that I'll be bicycling more because it's just going to save money on gas because, yeah, that car maybe gets 12 miles to the gallon. Yeah, that's old school power right there. And, uh, hey, how about some, uh, Dead Milkman, you ever heard that song? Bitchin' Camaro, and bitch Camaro I ran over your neighbor Some uh, old school industrial thrash I'll see if I can get a link in the uh, show notes down there uh, to that YouTube song It's a great tune, you know what, I will take care of that and I'll get a link to my father's dying words his last words as he was dying and uh, and then we'll see we'll get some vlogs going and uh, we'll just do what we do And if you happen to be in California this coming weekend at uh, Doshu's Aikido seminar, the founder of Aikido is back in America after about 15 years. It went in 2005. So he's a lineage holder of Aikido. This is a really big deal. And I've been out of Aikido for a while. It'll be really good to get back and see a lot of friends because this is going to be the who's who of Aikido. And uh, there it is, my friends. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging in there. And uh, be good, be kind, and do more good things. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets.